Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Start playing with some jam in here. Let's go. This is the Orange and Back Check Podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhard. It is Orange and Back Check episode 29. Uh, It is episode like seven or eight without hockey, but like we talked about last week, it's finally coming back. And my partner in crime across from me has his issues with it already after the NHL officially went over all the details of what's going on in the play-in round and the first round of the 2014 format, which we both uh, conceded that it was a good format. But Scott... What's the issue we have? Why are you going to come in like that? You're just coming in hot <laughs> saying, oh, he's got an issue with it. He's got an issue with it. And so I didn't say it was an issue. Well, I did but say I it was agree an with issue. you, too, on it. I, th- that's the thing, too. I don't like the fact how they're going to come back and have a play-in round, be five games, and then the first round of the playoffs, five games. It, you, right. you can't, you, I don't mind the play-in round being five games. It might be better if they're suited for seven. Then you, each team could play each other twice at six games right there, but if some games don't go seven, I see the point. Uh, however, I, I it's you can't have a round of the playoffs in hockey go five games. I mean, think about it. Just yeah. this past season, the San Jose Sharks were down three games to one against um, the Vegas Golden Knights and came back to win in game seven. It took they were down three one, came back in the series. I, I think that it's it's. I don't know. I just I think it would be better for the league if they do it that way. But you know what? Maybe because of time constraints, they don't mind dropping a possible two games out of there because think about it this way. They've already talked about the season starting next season, the 2020-2021 season, starting like in January. So uh, yeah, we're going to have go- like a year worth of hockey here. My buddy Which said it to me today. And yeah, I was like, I was like, that's absolutely right. It's going to be amazing. You're going to have like almost a full year of hockey here. And this is actually, and I, I, I enjoyed the other sport that uh, I'll compare this to, but like with baseball struggling as hard as it is in terms of the owners versus players, and we can get it, we don't have to get into who's right and who's wrong because it's a little bit of both, mostly one side. But if baseball doesn't come back and you only have the NBA, which also claims that they're going to come back by July 31st, similar to the NHL. If baseball doesn't come back, there is a window here for the NHL to really have a huge bump in its ratings and be able to grab a new audience that didn't really look to hockey, especially because if their first eyeballs are on playoff hockey, it's a really good thing for the league. In the, It's kind of a silver lining in terms of what's been a terrible pandemic. 
Right. And not only that, because people are starved for it, they're going to be looking for exactly. something. So yep. the NBA has stated they're looking to come back July 31st. The NHL has stated that camps are not going to open until at least July 1st and the season probably not starting until about August 1st, which is you're going to have hockey starting a month before football does and starting around the same time training camps are. And I'll tell you what, like you're with with baseball having its problems now in a sense where they're just they're It seems like they're not going to come back at all because you talk about like last week with the millionaires versus billionaires things and. Max Scherzer said it best on Twitter this week. It was, okay, well, the owners want us to take a pay cut, and they're saying because we can't survive without it. And they said, show us your books. And, and the owners like, well, we can't negotiate with you anymore. We're not showing you anything. And right. I'm glad that the NHL, who's had a history of labor disputes like that, where it's going back and forth, the players are like, no, we want to play. And the owner's like, okay, we want to we want to do this. So I, I like how maybe there's some silver lining here on some of the labor relations things that, you know, make have the black eye back on baseball and not hockey. And I, I think that, that that's actually a, a great thing that people come back and see like, wow, like hockey came back before baseball. Like, you know, I think it might, you're right. You'll pull some fans from that and get people watching a sport again that they haven't had any to watch in months. It's actually kind of similar to the guy. Oh, I'm, I can't believe I'm missing what his it's soul city x i think is his twitter at oh, soul city oh, x tony tony from tony. st louis yeah he what he stumbled on a st louis blues hockey game and he's like how the hell have quote white people end quote been hiding this stuff from us this stuff is lit and i, I lost it that was one of the best moments in in hockey and just hockey social media history yeah, that's it was a like, great moment it was either 2015 or 2016 i remember the night that was retweeted during the playoffs i remember yep. watching it and i followed the guy right away and he's like he became a hit overnight like yeah. the blues loved him and all the that blues stuff. took like, him to a game great. you have an opportunity to get those kind of people like it like what are the people that usually watch the st louis cardinals games the philadelphia phillies games the new york yankees games these people are out there they're just they just don't know hockey to the extent that they could and that's why you have podcast a podcast like the orange and Backcheck podcast because we want to give you the information and help you learn the game of hockey while also providing insight on the what's going on yeah it, it, you're going to generate new viewers that way and i have yep. to give the nhl so much credit for it as i say all the time i'm the first one to bash him and be honest about it but this is absolutely beyond the most genius play they've done in the last 25 years. I mean, besides probably adding the shootout, honestly, instead of getting rid of the tie, I know there's a lot of debate on that, but it did help yeah, the game is. a lot. Um, the point is it's, it's fantastic. It, it's fantastic. So I, 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 I'm looking forward for it to come back. Yeah. They're going to work out some details here and stuff like that. And you know, the, the, it seems like to me too, is that you haven't heard too much about the business side of things as far as the escrow and as yep. far as like you know uh, well Bet Bettman said that it's their the league itself for the I it was a headline read by me I admit this he said it's not about monetization no. right now and part of me believes him I think he's true in his words but I also am hesitant because it's Gary Bettman I'm not the biggest fan of him I don't think many hardcore NHL league fans are fans of Batman. There's a reason he's booed at every Stanley Cup final presentation of the Cup. And it's just one of those things where, okay, I get that you realize because it's a you're missing out on the remaining 189 regular season games and revenue, and now you have 
X amount of games to go in terms of the 2014 playoff. So you're, I think you just kind of have to say it. It's not about money, but at the end of the day, everything comes down to money. That's what this country is built on. Well, the issue is that's, that's going on is that he's right. It's not in a sense about doing this for the money per se, because most of the money generated to play pairs out at the pay player salaries is done at the gates. So a lot of it's going to come from the TV revenue contract because you're probably going to have for at least the first three rounds of the playoffs, the play in round, you're going to have it for the first round of the playoffs and the second round playoffs that local carriers are probably going to be carrying them too. So you get those local TV contracts. So there are some opportunities for advertisements. There are some opportunities for that TV revenue to come in and get something. So, but the bigger point is, is that they're not going to throw away a season based upon the fact because they've already done it enough times already. So um, that's the point is that the the whole point is that you want to have the game back because it's good for the game. It's not the money part of it that matters right now. That's for the CBA two years from now. Right now it's about making sure that getting the fans back into it and grabbing more fans and attracting them to the game. Yeah, and that goes to what your original and kind of like just criticism of this new playoff format that they're doing for this one season. And that kind of like, I get your point. Like, it should be seven games. That's what the NHL has been. It's been seven games of playoff series, no matter uh, if it's a 16 team team playoff or a 24 team. I think you should stay consistent with that 17 seven game playoffs because you need the money. It's what players are used to. And I don't think players are going to complain if you decide on the last minute, you know what, we're going to play seven games on the play-in round and in the round round robin, which the Flyers are obviously in, battling for that t- those top four seeds. Hey, play each other twice, and if there's a tiebreaker, we'll, it'll work itself out. We can maybe throw in a th- squeeze in a third game between the two tiebreakers or we'll, something along those lines. There's There's room to play here. Especially yeah. if you're not planning to come back until July 31st, August 1st, for when the game begins again, you have room to play with here if you're the NHL where you could add a game here and add a game there. And I don't think you're going to get much pushback from the players compared to the M- MLB players. Yeah, and I agree. And I think that it just shows you how bad the game is baseball has become. Because here's the thing, yeah. too, about baseball. Like, with all due respect to baseball, Look, I, I I enjoy baseball, but let me let me let me get my point there. I enjoy baseball. I get it. There's diehards out there who are big diehard baseball fans, but the best thing about a baseball game is that it's long, it's nice weather, and you're outside, and it's basically just something to watch while you're hanging out with somebody. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Yeah. So like that aura of that, like to me, like when I was living in in Philly back in the day when I graduated college, uh. My buddy and I, when we lived together for a while, we had direct TV, so we couldn't watch certain games. So the coolest thing about baseball was, was on Sundays, we'd barbecue in the backyard, put the fills on the radio, and just hang out and listen to the game. And when you're at a baseball game, you're at the stadium, you're hanging out, drinking a couple beers, eating a hot dog, and enjoying the game as it goes on. It's not as intense as like hockey, where you can get into it in a TV. It's very, very passive. So... The thing about baseball is that you're they're they're fighting over because they they they're America's pastime and they've had all this thing, but really, if if it goes away, it's not really going to hurt the league as bad. And I think that's why they're being a lot more stubborn about it than the NHL is because having another season go away because of something like this would just be a disaster for them. But I digress. 
the point I'm trying to make is that let baseball fight it all out. Let them do whatever they need to do. And look, there's going to be other things going to be able to watch. And what's cool is that the NHL is going to start its next season in January. What I find cool about that is that potentially, like there's a yeah. there's a all, they were also talking about we could start it in December, November. We don't care. We're going to start the 2020 21 season. The biggest thing I think he said was even if we start in January, 82 games will be played. Whether yeah. no matter how that is done, so which is a great sign. Yeah, and that well, that'll be a compressed schedule too. So it'll be almost like when they did with the Olympics. So if they're starting in November, December, and they're playing 82 games, they're either going to stretch it out or they're going to compress it. But the thing is, I, I think about it this way. It may not be a bad thing for the NHL to, to really try testing out the December or January start yeah. and playing all the way up until like July or August going forward. Because here's the thing. January, February, or December, January, that's when football season's wrapping up. So you, you, you'll be able to get the people who are probably out of the playoffs or, you know what I mean, it's only one game a week anyway. Or two games, really, for your team. But really, there's like two two games on a weekend at that time of the season that really winds down. So you'll have more opportunities for people to jump into that. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. you'll get more opportunity to cover it all the way up until football begins again. Baseball is that. But the thing is, is that they run from April to October. Basketball should probably even do the same thing because it, I mean basketball has talked about it for at least I want to say the last two years outside the like the the fringe media or the like the the mainstream media whoever uh, may, uh, that covers basketball have has discussed getting it down to starting it in December and battling it out with the end of the the end of the playoffs of or the regular season of ba- football and just go from there. Hockey and basketball are should be partners in these situations not opponents or 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 competitors they should be working together on these kind of things and i i think this is an opportunity especially everyone's trying to come together on this this is a time where people should be coming together more than trying to oppose and yeah the nhl and the nba are just like kind of whatever but still do it get together Oh, my question is this. Why are we playing a sport in winter where a bunch of guys are running around in tank tops and shorts? I don't right. understand that. Let's yeah, it, it, is, it is a silly concept. Yeah, you're right. That's yeah. the point. I mean, to me, naturally, if you're wearing tank tops and shorts, you're running around in sneakers. That's that's a that's a warm weather game. So, I mean, it may benefit baseball. I mean, I'm sorry, it may benefit basketball to go up against more of MLB type thing where they have games every single night in every single city and they play like five, four or five days in a row. It might be better for basketball to do that because you might generate more revenue that way. I mean, and think about it this way, hockey would be pretty much on an island after that, and that would be actually good for the NHL. I think what hurts the NHL sometimes is that because they kind of compete with the NBA, the same times, different teams in the same city on at the same nights, I think that hurts both leagues more than anything else. I think that if you have a game like baseball where people know they could turn on any time and basketball, which really should be like a summertime game because I said that mm-hmm. um, the point is, is that the, the NBA might actually benefit because it's either that or, or, or basketball. So, or, ba- and, you know, or baseball. So it might, might benefit from it to be honest with you. And, and Mark Cuban, I think he told it with Rachel Nichols on her show, The Jump, had always said, had said something like they've kind of had this arbitrary date of June 16th as the wrap-up date of the finals in the NBA 
because people go on vacation and it's stuff like that. And ratings on the basis, the like are kind of so skewed anymore because people are going to YouTube TV, Hulu live, uh, the, 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 the uh, like there's a multitude of streaming services that throws off how people do TV watching anymore. Right. Like I, my wife and I, we have YouTube TV. We don't have normal cable. Right. So that's out without going too much in the weeds. That's not a normal Nielsen rating metric of how YouTube. They like YouTube can provide them with that information. But the, the main thing is that Nielsen ratings and they kind of like who cares about an arbitrary date of June 16th anymore play basketball up until August. No one's going to say, no, I'm not going to tune it in. There's always going to be an audience for them. And in the NHL, there's always an opportunity to bring in more people. Why would you say, uh, like, look at this kind of thing and just go, you have to adapt to the times, really, because you're all over. You're, this has thrown us into a tizzy, the pan, the pandemic. Now you have these other moments get, going on with the tragic death of George Floyd. And of, we will discuss that in, in, in a few moments here. But like with these type of situations you have to adapt everybody has to adapt in some capacity whether it's with george floyd and you're adapting how you uh approach a scenario approach a situation talk to people or basketball or football or hockey you have to approach things differently now on how you schedule things and there's no reason to stop just on this arbitrary date of june 16th and just keep going if you're the nba and the nhl no one's going to say no well said. And as a side note, Nielsen's dead because of the internet pretty much. So Nielsen ratings, right. you're right. They're absolutely screwed. It's all about view counts. So, you know, and we, we can dive deeper into this topic because it really is like a, a big topic of our changing times. But you're, the point is, is that I don't understand why leagues think that they, because of the summer book, doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything because you never have content on it. I mean, yep. think about it. You want to say baseball. people go, yeah, no, well, think about it this way, too. All your major TV shows, all your sitcoms, your series, your dramas, all that jazz, they all wrap up around June as well. Yeah, so the reason why all, people yeah. go on vacation and they do all these types of things is because there's nothing else to entertain them. If you put stuff there in front of them, guess what? If people want it, they will consume it. That's the country that we live in, and that's our culture, unfortunately. Exactly. So that the point is, is that you don't have to do this winter thing where you know all four all four leagues are pretty much in action by the end of October so sometimes you get that base baseball crossover with basketball but i mean or they, you know but the whole point is is that it's still something that yes people in the winter are going to be locked in and they want more content they're not going to be going out as much okay i understand that point and people want to go out and go to the shore and go to all this stuff and there's probably not an opportunity because they're afraid of changing it because there are no points for revenue. But you know what? Has anybody really tried it? And that's my question. I mean, these le- these seasons have gotten longer as they've gotten they've gotten right. as we progress. Like for instance, the Stanley Cup used to be awarded in May, like yep. mid May. We like just celebrated mid-May. the forty the forty fifth anniversary of the of the second of the seventy four seventy five back to back World uh, Stanley Cup fi- champions of the Philadelphia Flyers, I believe, a couple of days ago in May. That's well, when this happened. I didn't celebrate anything because it happened forty five years ago. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's just an arbitrary date nowadays <laughs> for most Flyers fans. Like uh, yeah. unless you're the old school kind that still believes the Broad Street Bully way is the way to win the cup, nothing meant that didn't mean anything to you because you probably weren't alive. Right. And, you know, the whole point is, is that 
these as these seasons grew longer and they added more games, you're seeing things wrap up later into June, which is, you know, I think before it might have been the the arbitrary date might have been Memorial Day, I would assume. But yeah, you know, the issue is is that we live in a world nowadays where everybody's interconnected and everybody's looking for entertainment and a way to find something. So why not just why not put it there and experiment and see if it's consumed? And this is a good thing for the NHL because they can kind of play with that. So if they can kind of change the season around and say, hey, you know what, we're going to run from January to August now. And I'd be like, whoa, the offseason would be going up to the cold months and you'd have all the cold months and play hockey in the warm months and play for the cup in the warm months. Which would go to the opposite of what you just criticized in the NBA, which is kind of ironic. What do you mean? (laughs) If the NHL goes through August – then you, what the tank tops and shorts would make sense for the NBA, well, but then the long pants and the pads for the hockey players in the summer months doesn't make sense. Then you're, you're right, but my, my point was that if you're starting in December and January, that's right, when you start those right. cold months. You know what I mean? You're, right. The cold goes all the way up to what? It stopped being cold here about two weeks ago. Yeah. So you're right. talking May. I still so May. Right. You're in playoff time. They do it anyway. Still funny. Still yeah. funny. All right, fair enough. I'm not trying to sound like a hypocrite here, although I'm sure there's a lot of people who think that. <laughs> Sometimes I don't talk well. Listen, if you're if you, if the only thing you're a hypocrite does is if the NBA and NHL should be in the winter months and the summer months because of their attire, yeah. I think you'll be fine. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. But that's the, that. Uh, you know, I like. I feel like we, as a podcast, we we provide a, distra- a distraction for a lot of people while informing them of what's going on in this arbitrary thing. Right. Been using arbitrary a lot. I don't know what that deal is. Yeah, but- yeah, that you know, and it used to say alluded to a lot. And you never say it anymore. I, I would, I would hope you switch back to alluded and not arbitrary. <laughs> But the NHL is is a distraction. That's why people need sports in general, baseball, football, hockey, and, and soccer. And it's just like – It's all arbitrary. It's all arbitrary, and you kind of just distract yourself from the world, world, real world. And we've been distracting ourselves this through, so far through this podcast. Um, I think it would be irresponsible for us to discuss, not, not to discuss what happened uh, to, the, to the man George Floyd that was sadly – was part of a conflict that he had no control over. And um, it sadly resulted in his untimely death. And like, there's no two ways about it. Like his, what happened to him is a tragedy and it's something that happens far too often in the, in this particular country. And it's just like, how much is enough? And I think we've reached that boiling point. We've tried the people have tried those peaceful protest the Colin Kaepernick's and people still said no I don't think that's the thing we need to address and it was obviously the thing we need to address so I think the biggest question that if you're an audience member that is of the uh, uh, that is a minority black Latino Asian whatever it is the biggest question I think Scott and I have and I'll if Scott has another question I'll obviously let it but what can we do as two white males that are in a position that we are to help you? We don't want to be telling you how you should be told what to do in terms of riding or protesting. I'm not going to cast judgment because we've seen things in the NHL world that are just as equivalently bad. It may not have only happened on one night, but it happened. And it's – yes, it these things happen of the burning and the looting. So – 
other than us casting judgment on your, the people that are doing this, if you're a minority or if you're a well-informed, there's a woman out there named Jane Elliott, who if you have not watched her brown eye, blue eye experiment on discrimination, highly recommend that on YouTube. How do we learn? What can we do, Scott and I, as white males, to help you? advance the message you're trying to get across and change what is so wrong in this country. How do we do that? You know, just just to jump in, Bill, I don't, it's tough because, you know, we'll never fully understand what some people go through. We never will. We never will. You can understand what they're trying to say though. The thing is that you can understand. The thing is is that is, is the message that we want to help people present the question is are others ready to listen and i think that over the years this is the culmination of the fact of trying to get the message across for many years and it not being heard and people not being listened to i I think that people are extremely frustrated right now um it's it's a very this this if anything is going to probably get worse much worse before it gets better I think that there's so many external political factors that play into this and people aren't seeing the big picture and will try to pick. There's some people who will try to pick some things out of it specifically and other things. I'm not saying that at all by any means what has gone on in the city of Philadelphia in the last 24 hours is acceptable by any means. But I will be honest and say I would be lying if I say I didn't understand it. Yeah, I I, th- I, I can look at this and say, okay, I, I get it. I mean, there this is this is essentially a rebellion, and, and and that's exactly what it is. And you probably don't want to hear that, and you think, oh, you're crazy. But this well, no, is a rebellion. It's here's escalating. Where, here's, here's where I like I like, people should be fine hearing the word rebellion. Like we talked about Star Wars multiple times on this show. And yes, that sounds like a silly comparison, but guess what the entire basis of the Star Wars franchise movies are? Rebellions, where it's just a car, a compressed version of a rebellion. And now we're viewing a real rebellion and people out there are just looking at it going, no, I don't think I agree with that. But we're okay with a rebellion about a fake empire on a fake empire with rebel with rebels across a fake galaxy a long time ago like the the idea of a rebellion i think needs to be completely changed in some people's eyes because we see it as it's okay in movies and fictional tv shows and books and 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 movies like i said but it's it, when it comes to real life, when it comes to something that possibly more than likely affects you particularly, including Scott and I, like this affects us in a way. What cha- what the outcome of these protests and these re- this rebellion, it will change how we live in some capacity, even as white men and white women. Don't like don't think that this is the point of rebellion is to change how we live and feel about one another. And that's exactly what we should be proud of. Like, there's no reason not to be proud of a rebellion that is affecting or possibly affecting us in real life and saying that the only rebellion that matters is a fake one in Star Wars. Yeah, and I think the the point of the rebellion is accountability. I I think that people really feel that some – Things out there, some people out there 
are not being held accountable for things that they do wrong. And it's unfortunate that, you know, you look at Childish Gambino's video of This Is America and I've, people are like, oh, this is like also. Three or, I've watched that like at least three or four times yeah. over <laughs> the past but three but, days. Yeah. And here's the thing about it. Like, you can watch it now and be like, wow, okay, now I get it. Like, I, I, I see the point of it. Like, you know, we, we, we try to, the problem is, is that we've become so over politicized with every single thing. Every single thing is about taking sides. Every single thing is about identity and your identity is based upon who you voted for in a friggin' election. That's it's sickening to me. Like, you know, my buddy and I had a, had a really, had a really long conversation last night and I was getting heated about some of the things that, you know, that, are I was seeing and hearing from people who just don't get it. They see it one way and everybody is entitled to their opinion without a doubt. And as I mentioned, I'm not condoning anything. And I think this is not right the way it's going about it. But the point is, is that what we as you and I think is right and the way it should be done apparently has not worked. And yep. that's the point that it is trying to be made is that there are things that are being done and people not being held accountable. And if people have tried to do this in the past and it hasn't worked. And of course things are escalating and it's, it's believe me on there's on with, with the groups that are protesting, cause there's more than one, the, this, this shows like a split thing too. People want to do it peacefully and some people don't want to do it peacefully. And uh, the point is, is that, if you're focusing on that part and you're you're not focusing on the bigger picture is that people are trying to make sure that everyone is just and we're in a country where we're supposed to be equal. So if that's the case, shouldn't we? Shouldn't you look at it from that perspective, from a moral perspective? Should we look at this morally and say, okay, well, you know, maybe it's because we're not educated well on why some of the things are the way they are. And it's the truth, and I'm not going to get into this podcast. I'm not. I, I I don't think it's the right arena to discard that to start talking about things in historical context that, you know, frankly, that people won't understand, especially today, because everything as fact is questioned. But there's a lot of things that went down 50 and 60 years ago that got us to this point today, and the things that were there were being fought for 50 and 60 years ago still have not changed. And nope. I think that you're seeing a point where people are just frustrated and boiled over. And until you actually experience it, until you live it, and it's part of your everyday life, and not just everyday life, it's part of your life, it's grained into you, things you have to go through and things that you know you have to be concerned about, you and I have no room to talk. We have none. And that's why it just comes down to the question that I asked. How can we help you? When do we step in? When do we back off and let you handle a situation? Like what we don't want to be in a put into a scenario where we're overstepping our boundaries or backing off too far from our the 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 expectation that we have or or that you have of us. Like this is a scenario the to the looting part and the, what what's going on is a microcosm. Like it's a better the best phrase I saw was Everything like they've already replaced the Anthony Rizzo statue here or whatever his name was. doesn't matter. The former Frank Rizzo statue in uh, 
Philadelphia. It's already it was graffiti, and then less than twenty four hours, it was back to normal. The CNN headquarters were perfectly fine, and it was and it was repainted after being uh, defaced by graffitiers. Mer- materialistic things that are being looted. 95% of it can be easily replaceable in less than 24 hours. I get it. You, we can discuss the small business owner that is being hard, hard affected by it and is unrightfully being uh, looted against. Fine. We'll have a discussion on that. But the, there's a human life that's now gone that will not be, is not replaceable. That's the yeah. difference. Yeah. That's what we're, we're trying. That's what the, that's what the microcosm, what they're trying to say. Yep. Yep. It, it, like, I, like, it's just, that's really what it comes down to. How can we help you? What do we need to do? Shoot us an email, orangeandbackcheck at gmail.com. Send me a personal email, bhcorn99 at gmail.com. I want to hear from you. Please, how can Scott and I help you? Agreed. This is Orange and Backcheck. We had a bunch of other stuff, but I think we're just going to wrap it there. And we'll talk next week. We'll hopefully get back to a more lighthearted uh thing but this is orange and back check we'll talk to you next week how can we help you 